0: It wouldn't be enough just to say, we have an Irish company, that's not going to fly. You need to have a substantial operation here.
1: Hello and welcome to the Gross Profit Podcast. My name is James Kennedy. I'm co-founder and CEO at ProcurementExpress.com. We take the hassle out of managing your company's purchasing with magical features. As you may have picked up from my accent, I'm based in Ireland. So we thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit about the opportunities for setting up an Irish company, even if you aren't based here. Every time I go abroad and I go to a finance meeting, people mention how tax advantageous it can be, the famous Google, Facebook, et cetera, setting up. But for everyday businesses, there are still opportunities even if you're not Googled on Facebook, to um, be a bit smarter about uh, various opportunities that come up with registering as an Irish company. So I've invited along today someone I've known for probably more than 20 years, um, Eamon O'Sullivan from OSA Accountants, who specializes in helping foreign firms establish an Irish base for various reasons we're going to talk about today. So Eamon, thanks very much for coming along to the show. Maybe you could just introduce yourself to the listeners, for those who don't already know you.
0: All right, so uh, based in Dublin here, I'm an accountant with a fair amount of experience in helping SMEs, uh, so small to medium-sized enterprises. We have then the systems to, to, to kind of come in behind someone that does start a company. We can do all their tax filings across all the headings. We get someone set up at the start, And then we just ensure that they're not getting mired down in uh, the kind of 40 or 50 forms that need to be filed every year.
1: So what's driving foreign companies to look at Ireland um, in the first place? Why would you ever want to sign up for all this extra overhead, Mm -hmm. even if you can take it away from them? In some instances, people
0: are trading in Ireland and, uh, you know, they already have a business here, but they're working it by remote control. So they have... A trading situation where they're moving goods in and out of the country and they already have a set of Irish customers or they have a routine of getting Irish customers. They they come to Ireland, they have a list of these big, big corporates that use them. Um, So they already have a business here. Say, for example, instead of generating the profits within a company based outside of Ireland, they can generate those profits and have them taxed here. The corporation tax here is 12.5% across the board. So for most, a lot of countries have a favourable tax rate for smaller companies. So for example, in France, that smaller corporation tax rate starts at 7%. That doesn't come out that often, but that's the reality of it. It's tiered. So it goes up as your profits go up. The rate of corporation taxi pay goes up
1: people, progressive taxing is not yes, what they call that progressive yeah
0: so but anyway long story short people can generate profits here that they would right now they're being taxed in france they've been taxed in the uk been taxed wherever but in general the corporate tax rate is higher than it is in ireland so that's one reason A second reason sometimes is is that particularly for uk companies if they're dealing with Ireland and they're moving goods in and out, then they have the hassle of getting through customs, whereas if their goods were owned by an Irish company from the get go, then the logistics of getting in and out of the country is easier. This customs charges are easier because Ireland remained in the EU, in the European Union, whereas as we know, the UK didn't. So they're just practicalities.
1: Okay, so what I heard there in kind of tears was, like if I was sitting here listening to this trying to figure out whether this is something I need to explore. A, well, if I'm based in the UK, where I understand from April this year.
0: I don't believe there are tiers in the UK. It's not gradual. Everything okay. is going to be as 25%. Right, 25%. so 25%
1: versus 12 and a half, it's doubled more or less. And then yeah. if you have a trading relationship with Ireland, is that important?
0: Or um, yeah, I mean it's 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 not enough just to say, hey, I'd love to transfer profits into Ireland. So you, you need to have an actual business here. We haven't got great PR in the past. Um in this area, people that have read up about it will know the ins and outs of it, unless you have proper activities here. Just deciding I'm gonna park some profits in Ireland is not going to cut the mustard. It wouldn't be enough just to say we have an Irish company that's not going to fly. You need to have a substantial operation here. So it, it suits some people that already have a trading relationship within Ireland. They might have Irish customers or they're in a position to sell goods and services out of an Irish office to EU customers, as a for example.
1: What about outside of the rest of the world? Let's say uh, the US, since we're talking about these American companies that establish yeah. here, what level do you need to be at before it becomes a commercially viable thing to consider?
0: Well, I guess you've got to consider you're going to locate staff here or you're going to hire hire people here. I mean, that, that's quite a commitment. Average salary is probably 40 to 50,000 euros a year. Plus you've got to house these people, you know, and, and like an, uh, put, them, put them in an office the other costs apart from the salary are not huge but you do have you do have an exposure you'd need to i guess you'd need to factor that into your calculations so if you okay, already so- sell into europe yeah it it can be it can make sense to have someone here locally and then once you have the money within the kind of overall organisation or the group then you can you can manage it from there
1: Okay. So if I was say US company, I'm setting up, a, let's say a sales team anyway in Europe to deal yeah. with with EMEA. So let's say a couple of hundred grand, maybe a hundred or 200 grand to set up a minimal sales team in an office, then you're doing yeah. that anyway. Yeah. It, then it starts to become worthwhile. And then you compare that to your EBITDA, I guess, and what, right, what, yeah. profit, what, what tax you're going to have viable there. And then you make your own decision. So Sure. If you're booking yeah. half a million up, I say then you start to look at it. Maybe
0: we're helping a, a group of companies that are based out of the Middle East. They're not multinational; they're transnational in that they have a lot of standalone companies within this group, based yeah. in the Middle East, and a lot of their courses are English-speaking, and they're a, a lot of them are virtual. They have a, a physical college, but a lot of the courses they sell are virtual, and they're selling now into the UK from Ireland. And the reason they chose Ireland was for that for that reason, because the corporation tax here is half of what it is in the UK. It's still English speaking, same uh, time zone, you know, common law, so they're, they're kind of happy enough.
1: Okay, and they wouldn't have substantial trade within Ireland, by the sounds of it. No,
0: no, no, they wouldn't, no, no, no. I mean, it's a startup. They already had trade from the UK with people that wanted to buy courses from the Middle East, but there was a lot of logistics in that. I think the perception of their customers is better that they're dealing with an Irish company. Uh, I think the time zone is certainly not a massive issue, but everyone's starting two hours late. So it's 11 a.m. in the Middle East, it's 9 a.m. in Ireland. So you've automatically, restricted the people that will come to work for you because who wants to work till seven or eight o'clock at night?
1: So, all right, so what I heard there was, you know, definitely if you're in the UK and trading with Ireland, maybe if you're transnational, not necessarily selling into Ireland, but it could be if you need staff here or somewhere in Europe anyway, yes. then that can be worth looking at. What about the US if you're based so in the we're, US?
0: We're EU based, English speaking. We're the only English speaking, you know, main, where the main language is English. Currently within the EU, so if, if you're based in the US, you're going to locate a sales staff here, or just an any you an office to manage your EU uh, business. Mm-hmm. You may or may already have people, you know, in in stateside that are dedicated to the European side of the or the EMEA, as you say. So why not have them physically here? You can book sales through here, and. Then you can remit those uh, profits back to the back to the
1: mothership. So let's talk. Let's talk about the B word, Brexit. So that's the tax side of things. But then, if you're trading out of the UK, oh, no. we're all familiar now with a range of new challenges. We've heard of lots of Irish company or UK companies going to the Netherlands for finance, mm-hmm. I think, and going to Ireland for tech generally. Or uh, what are the situations where you should be con- may consider an Irish base to help you? negotiate brexit
0: one of the reasons you could consider it is as a just kind of for example that we have one company who sells into the eu EU, european union but they're based in the uk they're a uk company true and true but some of their goods never really leave the eu they have eu customers like based in mainland europe Mm -hmm. they have eu suppliers i.e based in the the European Union, so actually, the transfer of goods happens, say, from Poland to France, and this particular company invoices those customers from an Irish-based company. Mm -hmm. and That makes sense for them because they don't have the customs palaver of, oh, you're a UK company, you're delivering goods from Poland to France. And you get put in the slow lane all the way it's complicated then because the customs guys are looking at this oh it's a uk company yeah you know whereas your irish based company you're transferring goods from poland to france there are no customs situations there there's no duty it's it's all just you can move your bits and pieces as you need to and you can invoice out of ireland
1: So, in that situation, say I'm in the UK, I'm obviously got a supplier in Portugal, let's say, and I'm just what they call in online terms, drop shipping. I'm drop shipping it straight to Ireland. I can pay the Portuguese company, tell them to ship it straight to Mm -hmm. Ireland. And doesn't that fix the problem? If it physically comes back into the UK, or if you need it to come into the UK, is that where the problem is?
0: The issue is the title of those goods from the minute it leaves the Portuguese supplier, the title of those goods is owned. By a UK company. Right. And so you're sort of in the slow lane. So that's okay if you're dealing with a single package of, I don't know, business cards or magnetic tapes or yeah. coffee cups. But if you're dealing continuously, you know, or say you have a container of coffee cups, when that yeah. those goods cross the borders, they're owned by a UK company. So okay. it's it just it appears the no end of problems. Yeah.
1: Okay, very interesting. So it doesn't matter that it's the UK. It, they never touched the UK physically. They yeah. legally owned by, therefore, well, as Richard, my business partner, calls it, they're in the punishment queue. They're in the... They appear to be, yeah.
0: We have one transport company who have transferred the ownership of all their trucks to an mm. Irish registered company. So they have Irish reg-, reg numbers on all their trucks now.
1: Right, right. So they have okay. a lot
0: less uh, hassle
1: when they're moving around Europe. Interesting. Okay. Very good. All right. Very good. All right. So the practicalities of doing all this, I guess, is your business, Eamon. Uh, but maybe if someone's listened to this and they're thinking, okay, maybe this is something we should consider for our business, because there's, there's a ton of paperwork, right? You have to choose the right company type. You have to get it registered in Ireland acquire an Irish business number, opening a bank account, regulatory compliance, there's a whole load of stuff. How do you make that easy for them? And how can they get in touch with you to talk about that?
0: It's it's Eamon O'Sullivan on LinkedIn. It's uh, the company name is OSA McQuillan. So it's OSA McQuillan.ie. You can just have a look there. We have a fair amount of information already that you can have a look through. If you want to set up a call, just drop a quick email. My I get the, the email straight off the website. So if you need to have a quick chat, and just see if this is for you. We can probably give you a very quick steer. Just save yourself a lot of time. I mean, you can spend days, as you know, trawling through uh, websites. You never know what the source of your information is. So whoever has written the material, do they have any practical experience in dealing with the problems that you're looking to solve? You know, well, it's probably just ChatGPT who's written it. So get it from a real human. At the end of the day, you, you'll need someone that has experience with dealing with this anyway. So yeah, just save yourself a bit of time.
1: I always have this awkward piece where I go, well, that's all for now, folks. I'll see you next time out. Maybe I'll sign off by asking people to subscribe on YouTube or uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I'll do my best to give you some ideas to make your business 1% better every week.